Listen, son, to all the sons out there. You can be anything you want to be. Keep God first and love yourself, love your family, and chase your dreams. Welcome to the Listen, Son podcast. A couple years back, I'm in Nashville uh, for an NCAA convention. And, um, you know, you're in the room introducing yourself. And everybody introducing what sport they play. It was for a student-led, uh, organ, uh, student leadership, athlete workshop development. But it was trying to give us information for next steps beyond playing our sport. Everybody's introducing themselves. You know, yours truly introduces self. And a certain some young man goes up. He introduces himself. He says his name, his sport, and all of a sudden he says, "Oh, yeah, I have an organization that I started. Um, you know, called BU Stay True." Uh, how it happened and some of the things he's doing with that organization you know the, the rest of the room and he was very humble in how he did it you know uh, very nice and the rest of the room we all just looked at each other like yeah this, this dude is the real deal you know he's, he's the real deal he already got an organization started uh so that's my boy drew down there andrew uh, curio um and then you know also i'm in a staff meeting coaches just talking and uh, our head coach shannon courier slips up and, and just says uh yeah, it's this one young man who's having a book signing. And then I'm, I'm looking around like, you know, one of the guys from the program is having a book signing. Like, what, what is he talking about? And, you know, this, as I start to follow this young man and, and have interaction with him around the city and different organizations, I realize this young man is the real deal, too. So that's Cap. I see Cap, uh, Andrew Capriccio. So these dudes have no idea. They didn't know who each other's name was, never knowing each other. They don't follow each other. But they're gonna find out real soon their their long lost twin brothers and the, the stuff that they're doing, and they're gonna connect. Trust me, they're gonna connect and, and get together. And people, these are two dudes you want to know about. So, without further ado, my dad down there holding it down for the brew crew, uh, Mike Bond Senior. Nice to see you, pops. Love you, Uncle Rick, love right you. there uh, in fatigue with the shades on. My uncle, I love you. How you doing, Uncle Rick? And then, like I said, we got Drew, right. Cap, and myself. Welcome to Listen, Son. Uh, follow, like, subscribe. You know, stay tuned with what we got going on. And as you see, it's a community. It's a community. So when you learn about Drew and what he's doing, when you learn about Cap and what he's doing, follow those guys and be a part of what they got going on, too. It's, it, that's just what it is. Um, so let's get into it, gentlemen. Let's not waste each other's time. We family. So first question, man, you know, uh, I'll throw it up there. Who want, whoever want to take it first, then the next person go. Just your introduction to sports, you know, where, where you come from. Uh, when did you know sports was a thing for you? Uh, male influences, um, and, and you know, did you have your father in the picture or not? Um, you know, just start us off. Let's get acquainted. We want to go. Absolutely, Cap. I'll, I'll take this one. You can start off the next one. Uh, so I'm from the the Bronx, New York. My name is Andrew Kriya. I go by Drew. Uh, lived in the Bronx my entire life. I'm only 24 years young, uh, in a household full of women. My mother, my grandmother, and my great grandmother. That's the only people that were in my life, but I had a lot of male influences at my elementary school up all the way up to college. Uh, the one person that has stayed consistent in my life has been my pastor. His name is Father Thomas Derivan. Uh, he has shaped me into the man I am today ever since I was in third grade all the way up to till now, till last week Sunday when I was at church. Uh, that dude has kept me on the straight and narrow path to continue to be a leader, to continue to, to, continue to put in work, to continue to just be a good person in this world. Um, and with that, I, I figured out my path with sports eventually, you know, playing literally baseball, uh, youth league basketball, things like that. And when I eventually got to high school, I had another great uh, mentor as well. His name was Dwayne Mitchell. And that dude, he was one of the he is one of the best high school basketball coaches ever. He coached at Rice High School with Kemba Walker while he was there, 
And when he came to Scanlon, he changed the program around. We were 0-12 uh, in, 20, in 2011. And then that year changed. We, we went up to the state federation championship, which is the highest level in New York State. And we won that. So I always learned about hard work and seeing that hard work pay off, which eventually pays off into, into work, into relationships, into social life, anything like that. And with that, I've taken basketball to Ireland. Uh, I got the opportunity to pursue a master's degree abroad for free, like I always talk about with Mike. And it, it's just been incredible to see. And every time I continue to reflect, whether I'm at church or just by myself doing what I got to do, I always see that relationships have always come from the game of basketball. And it's it, it's ridiculous to see. I wouldn't be on Listen Sun podcast without basketball, without going to that NCAA uh, convention, meeting Mike and, and, you know, having those experiences. And, and with all of that, I want to continue to give back. So for the past six years, we've been doing BU Stay True, which is my nonprofit organization that I started with my college roommate, uh, Francisco Nico Zeno. And we've been doing it for six years. We, we, teach the, we teach the fundamental aspects of character building in the youth through sport. So that, that's what we're good at. And we teach the life lessons that we've experienced, whether it's high school, AAU, youth league, college, pro, whatever it's like. But we do it through sports to connect with kids and this past year, we just did a virtual basketball camp. You know, we didn't think we were going to do that with COVID, but we ended up doing it. We had to, we had to do the work. And, and, and that's my new model right now uh, with this 2020 is just do the work. So that's a nutshell about me. We'll, we'll definitely get into, into the rest of it. Kat, you got it. Thanks, Drew. Yeah, for myself, uh, you know, completely opposite side of the country. I grew up in a, a town about 25 minutes from Phoenix, Arizona called Fountain Hills. Uh, grew up in a household of... Uh, a lot of people, we had nine people at times, but it was myself, three brothers, uh, mom and dad, grandparents, both living with us at times, um, had some cousins there at times as I grew older, uh, teenage years. But myself, I started playing sports at the age of five. The first sport I played was soccer. I think I just got forced into it. Uh, I was scoring like six goals a game, but I didn't even like have fun. <laughs> I was not enjoying it at all. So I played one year of soccer, immediately got into flag football. Um, from there, it was a wrap. I mean, I, I, I've got a, a memory in my head of being, in, I think, second grade, telling my dad that I wanted to play college football. Um, it was something that it, it came natural to me. It was not something I ever had to think about. Like, I just loved playing sports. It was kind of my escape from uh, school where I didn't have the best experience. But I played every sport growing up, um, basketball, baseball, football, soccer, wrestling, track. Um, High school, really, really transitioned into being a kind of a two-sport guy, football and wrestling. Uh, lost the state championship in wrestling my senior year. Broke seven school records in football. Had a lot of success. Uh, went the junior college route as a walk-on. Went to Concordia University up in St. Paul. Is how I got connected to Coach Bond up here. I'm currently in Minneapolis. Work for Minneapolis Public Schools, community education. I've been a youth development professional ever since I graduated school. That's really my passion. I see a lot of myself and, and all, all the youth. Like I always tell myself, I'm like, well, let me think about this. I got to work 40 hours a week. I could work with a bunch of grumpy adults that don't like their job. Or I could be around a bunch of kids that are the bright, shining part of the, part of the country that, you know, not everybody gets to be around all day. So for 40 hours a week, I'm running around with my head cut off, trying to help kids. Um, love what I do. Uh, sports are a huge part of what I do. I learned a lot of lessons in life through sports. A lot of the biggest obstacles, most adversity I faced was through sports, made me a stronger man, made me a better man. And, you know, I, I did have my dad in my corner the entire way. He's still he's still around down in Arizona, one of my greatest, my greatest supporter. Uh, I owe just about everything in my life to my father. 
my mother as well. But um, and similar to Drew, funny enough, I started a nonprofit organization a little over a year and a half ago now. Uh, what we do is kind of bridge the gap between high school and college athletics, focus uh, mostly in, in uh, public schools in Minneapolis, teaching them all the skills that I'm sure Drew might, we could all attest to, we didn't have when we got to school. So I'm talking about uh, financial literacy, time management, mental health, leadership, character, academic success. Uh, it's really just the the whole nine yards. So um, that's that's my introduction. That's kind of the nutshell story for myself. But uh, yeah, it's a blessing to be here. This I'm looking forward to the Listen Sun podcast. Appreciate what y'all do. It's really important. So looking forward to it. Give you uh, give that name for your organization too. Just throw it out there. Oh quick. yeah, Blessed to Announce organization. How could I forget? Blessed yeah. to Announce Project, uh, BTA. It's kind of what we go for for short. But yeah, Blessed to Announce Project. That's where you'll find us. Nice, nice. I think it's on. I think it's on my cool uncle down there to deliver the the next uh, question for these guys, Uncle Rick. Yeah, gentlemen, uh, thank you. Thank you for uh, coming on today. Uh, welcome to the Mr. Son podcast and taking out some time in your day to be with us. And I get straight to my questions. My question is directed to both of you young men. Um, from the start, starting point, now it's, it's activated. What has it been like actively running these um, workshop camps and engagements for the youth? And any one of you can step in right away. This is my, my turn to start with this one. Uh, so for myself, Blessed to Announce is kind of a baby pro, uh, program right now, but we did have a, we finished our college pipeline program. And what, what I focused on from the beginning was real intimacy with the youth. So I didn't want to do large camps. I didn't want to do large scale stuff. I wanted to take six kids and change their life. I wanted to take six kids and change their outcomes. I want to take six kids and give them the tools the skills, the resources to achieve whatever they wanted to achieve. So uh, for myself, what we focused on was for the, the last half of the last school year, when we were still in person, for 20 weeks straight, we met up once a week, whether in person or through Zoom during a pandemic, hour long uh, activities, critical thinking discussions, group discussions, small group discussions. And then, you know, through Zoom, we had to get a little creative. Uh, I think it's only made me a, a better entrepreneur, a stronger leader, a better teacher, find a ways to innovate, be creative, still spread your message, still have it be as impactful for the kids. Um, and this, this upcoming fall, we're looking at collaborating with North High School and Edison High School in Minneapolis, their entire football program. So definitely we're going to have a larger reach. But, you know, I, I'm an educator. So for me, the it's it's what I love to do. I get to go to work and I get to do something outside of work that I still love to do. You know, everybody's got their own passions, their own things that they enjoy. And mine just happens to be designing curriculum, thinking of ways to, for me, it's all about how can we get that light bulb to turn on? You know, it's not really necessarily always about getting the right information in front of people. It's how you present it to them and how every single one of these youth is different and kind of just connecting those patterns to say, okay, your, your story is going to be a lot different than this guy's story, but I need to reach both of you in the same exact, uh, with the same exact emphasis and importance on all these topics that we're talking about. So we do a lot of, uh, like I said, activities. I designed a workbook for the students. I'm kind of old school. I like them to write. I like them to look into an actual physical pen and paper workbook. I think that's a skill that's gone now with uh, smartphones and Zoom classes and all that. But that's kind of what we've been doing and that's how we've been staying active. That's how we're continuing to grow. So innovating during the pandemic, but also 
kind of the old school, let, let's get these young men in a room, let's sit in a circle and let's talk about the hard things to talk about. So that's kind of the, that's kind of our approach to um, the youth development side of the organization. So that's us in a nutshell and I'll pass it to, to Drew for the next. Appreciate that Kat, but thank you Uncle Rick for your question. Uh, to, to really think about it, BU State True initially started when I went to college, I wanted to be a physical therapist. My mom put that in my idea, in my, in my brain. She was like, be a physical therapist, you can work for the Knicks, you can work for the New York Yankees, like you can still be involved with sports because that's what you love. And I was like, all right, bet, like I'm gonna do that. So when I got to college, it was such a eye-opening experience because I am a mama's boy. Uh, it's only my mom and I that live together. So when I went to college, mind you, college is only 20 minutes away from me. It's on the west side of the Bronx. So when I went to college, I was living on my own for the first time. I was living with two roommates for the first time. I was playing college basketball for the first time. Um, I was in a relationship at that time, long distance now, because I'm at college. And I had to, you know, develop my, you know, my swagger on campus. Like I had to develop who, who I wanted to be. So I was finding myself. All of that on top of being a bio major and wanting to become a physical therapist. So with that, I had ADM classes, long days, followed by practice, followed by uh, lifts, followed by calf eats, followed by sleep, no sleep. I ended up failing my major. So um, I failed my major on December 23rd is when I looked up my scores online and I saw an F. That was my first F ever. I've always been an 85B student in high school and, and elementary, but that was my first F. So I had to come home and mom looked at it and she was like, listen, listen, son, either you're going to pass this or I'm going to take you out. Like, either you're going to figure it out, I'm going to take you out. And I was like, all right, bet. Like, I'll figure it out. So we had to go back to campus for basketball or anything like that. Even with that, I wasn't getting the minutes that I wanted. So it was kind of like, you know, disheartening. Like, am I like a failure? I failed the basketball. I failed the, the school. Like, I, I don't like this. So I ended up talking to Dr. Nina Abrasano. She's the head of the business department at Mount St. Vincent. She's still there now. And I, I, I thank her all the time. I went to her because my coach gave me a hunch. She said, go, go try business, go try a business degree. And when I went to go talk to her, she was like, first of all, relax. Like, we're going to figure this out. Stop crying. We got this. And I was like, all right. Um, she enrolled me in my first two business courses, principles of management, principles of marketing. And I love both of them. It, it just like that light bulb that Cap said, it just clicked for me. It made sense. Like profit, revenue, marketing, digital post. Like it just made total sense. So with that, um, we also went to a volunteer portion for one of my teammates, Spencer Bold. He ran something called Teamwork Makes the Dream Work in April for um, autistic kids. And we ran a one-day clinic. And I was like, this is cool, like interacting with the kids and everything like that. And I've always been a volunteer counselor with Father Dervin. It's crazy to see how it lines up um, for free. And with that, I was in the college dorm with, with, with my roommate, Nico, and he was playing Call of Duty. And I was on Instagram scrolling. And I saw one of my boys, he was running a free step camp like step. So I was like, Oh, that's cool. Like he has the name. He has a brand. He has recognition. Like I get that. So I was like, yo, Nico, like we're college basketball players, division three, right? But we're still college basketball players. And he has connections to AAU. Let's try to run a basketball camp. Let's just see what happens. Like, let's just do it. Right. And I've had the knowledge of business classes and everything like that. So I'm literally learning on Monday, Wednesday, business stuff. And I'm putting it to work Thursday, Friday, and the weekend to see if it could pay, play out. So what I did was I created a logo. I created a shirt fundraiser on uh, booster.com. We sold shirts that said, be you stay true to the college community, uh, back home, my community, back home in Nico's community. I mean, it was just selling like, like hotcakes. We, we sold over 
uh, probably 45 shirts and we raised about $561. So with that, I was like, perfect. I'm gonna take that 561. I'm gonna buy cones. I'm gonna buy basketballs. I'm gonna buy a banner. I'm gonna buy everything to make us look official for this camp. And again, I'm running it for free. So I didn't want to charge the kids. Backstory, I never played AAU basketball just because it was way too expensive. My mom just wasn't going to pay that. And I never had a positive experience with my friends with that either. I played uh, intramural league on Saturdays with Father Dervin. So I, that was just what I liked. And that was my understanding. Kids in my community, they don't have the money to, to be in these certain programs, but they still have the love. They still have the, the love for the game. So why not provide that for them with somebody who's from the community? So, so that was my MO right there. I had the business background to do it. I had the support from the community and I had the place to do it. Scanlon, because uh, of my connection there, they gave it to me for free. I didn't have to you know, uh, pay rent. So that was easy too. And initially what we did was we ran a camp for 25 kids, 25 kids in the Bronx, Scanlon basketball. Um, and it was for free. Parents came and it was just, it was the kickstart to, to who we are now. And it's just been remarkable to see what, what, what we've done and we'll get into it later. But uh, a small little basketball program has turned into my life's work now, my, my life's mission. Outstanding information from both of you guys. Thanks for that information. Um, another question I have for both of you guys. Um, when did you know that you wanted to play collegiate sports or even at the next level if you had that dream? Yeah, I, I think for me, and then I'll pass it over to Pat. Thank you for your question. I think it really realized for me my junior year when Coach Mitchell came in because he had to ask for he, – he, he put players in the NBA through his Gauchos program and NYC, and I never had the aspiration to go play NBA. I always had the aspiration to play pro overseas because I think that's the difference. Like kids in Europe want to play in America and kids in America want to play overseas. It's just I, – I don't know. So with that, I noticed he was getting players to a higher level. And, you know, like – he has his resume. I'm not going to be one of the kids that is not on that list that he didn't put in a better position than when he started with them. So that was kind of like the start to me. But then it was also just seeing that positive reinforcement around me. I saw players go D1. I saw players go D3. And I was like, I want to play college basketball. Like, I got to figure this out. I was not recruited by any school in New York City or any other state in the country. But my last basketball game was at Christ the King High School, really big high school um, in New York City. And we ended up losing, and I was very upset. And, I, you know, I said goodbye to my teammates, and I went out the back door to, to go to the parking lot where my mom picked me up, and we just left. I was just, you know, heartbroken. You know, high school basketball was over. I don't know if I'm going to play college basketball. I also didn't know what college I was going to attend either. And with that, I got a phone call from my, from my teammate, German Castillo, and he said, hey, like, the, the coach from College of Monsignor Vincent wants to talk to you. And I was like, for what? Like, we just lost. And he was like, no, I recruit you. Like, like, call him. I was like, I bet. So I called him the next day. Long story short, we, we set up a, a visit to the campus, loved it, it's beautiful, and then he, he eventually sold me an idea of, like, we want you to come play basketball for us, we're going to have a, a big recruiting class, and I looked at my mom and said, listen, like, this is an opportunity to go play basketball, it's an opportunity to stay in the Bronx, it's an opportunity for you to still come to my games, it's an opportunity to stay close to home. Financially, it was perfect, and it just made sense at the time, so it was just like, that's where the college basketball aspect came, came in for me. What about you, Pat? Okay, real Real quick, I'm gonna jump in. Um, I have to say, I have to say this. I can't let this slide. You said the New York Gachos. I remember the, the, the AAU team. Correct. You're four years. You're four years younger than my son. We played the New York Gachos in the LeBron tournament for the championship. Um, we lost. Uh, huh. we, 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 we played. We, yeah, we, we played them uh, for the for the championship in the LeBron. I have to just show 
to uh, throw that in there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, they they are a tough, tough program. Small world, small world. Yeah, yeah. I, for myself, like I said, I I kind of already, you know, I I knew I wanted to play since I was six, and uh, it it almost became an obsession in high school. I got, you know, in my community. I think only one person had ever gone to play college football from a high school in about 22 years or something like that. It was something that was so, there was nobody, there was no standard. Like that was not something that people aspired to do. It was just not something that was achievable in most kids' mindsets. For me though, I remember being literally like 13, 14, being obsessed with it. I mean, I'm talking, I'm coming home from practice. I'm on Google all day, just Googling how to get faster, how to get stronger, explosive football workouts you know, for, for Christmas, for birthdays, I'm asking for books, like exercise science books when I'm 14, uh, trying to gain weight. Uh, I'll share just one story. I think this is the best one to just kind of express kind of my desire to go to that next level. Uh, I did this, this go mad diet, which if you haven't heard of that, it's go mad, G O M A D gallon of milk a day. And my junior year, I want to say a high school, I got like a, I got like a trend started at the school because so the first day, the, the, the concept is you drink an entire gallon of whole milk in a day, every day for 21 days straight. So wow. the first day I wake up at like, I typically woke up at five to get ready for the bus and all that. And I get up and I'm like, wait, how do I do this? I'm like, do I bring the milk to school or do I just drink a bunch of milk and then get on the bus and then come home and drink the milk? So the first day I'm like, nah, I can't, I can't get on the bus with a gallon of milk. So I'm in the, I'm in the back room. I'm on YouTube. I drink like more than half of the gallon in like an hour and 30 minutes. So I'm thinking, I'm like, it feels good. I feel all right. I get up, I walk to the school bus. Uh, the doors just do the double door open and I just yak right, right in front, <laughs> but not on the bus, not on the bus. And the bus driver just looks at me cause it was just milk. It didn't look like regular throw up. He's like, uh, and I was like, I'm good. Got on the bus. Uh, I finished it. I did 21 days straight gallon of milk. I gained like 23 pounds and a lot of it was fat, but I went from being about 160 pounds to 180 something. It was funny. We'd have half the football team in class like three days later with, with big water bottles full of milk. And the teacher's like, what's going on? And uh, so that's just one small story. You know, I had a dishwashing job in high school, uh, Googled personal trainer, Phoenix showed up to a random field, never had been there, never met a guy, showed up to get a trainer started doing two a days my entire year going into my senior year. Uh, like I said, I, I, I was, I was obsessed with getting to that next level. And when I really didn't get those opportunities after high school, you know, my, my high school graduation, my own defensive coordinator came up to me, my cap and gown and asked me what my plans were for the next year. And I was lo lost at that point in my life. I mean, I had lost 25 pounds. I didn't have any recruitment. This is after breaking all these records, first team all state, leading the state in categories of statistics. But I was kind of undersized and it was late for me. I didn't have, I didn't even start as a junior in high school. Didn't even start. Uh, so, but I just kind of persevered. You know, I, I was thinking about joining the military, I was thinking about not going to school. And I told myself, I was like, okay, you did the gallon of milk thing, you did the dishwashing, you did the trainer, you did everything you said you wanted to do. Don't stop now. And I just went to a local community college tryout, walked on. Uh, and this is something I always tell youth, you know, with, with if you know what you really want in life, it's not hard work. It's not difficult. Uh, it makes every decision easy. And for myself, from my last snap in high school in a game, 
uh, to my first snap on defense in college was 1,079 days. So I tell that to people who say, you know, why am I not starting yet? I did this, I did that. I said, well, you know, for 1,079 days, I was washing dishes, delivering pizzas, 19 credits, uh, 6 a.m. workouts, uh, all of that. I, going to a call center after practice, uh, Friday nights after dinner, and I was doing all of that at a community college. I mean, we didn't get gear. There wasn't no uh, females jumping on you on campus. There wasn't no uh, sold-out stadiums. I mean, this is like an empty bleacher, grass field, juco situation. Um, but I had known my entire life. My entire life, I, I was so – even at junior college when I wasn't playing, everybody was kind of laughing at me. And I always was just like, yeah, you know. It's funny. It's funny now. I'm like, I know I'm going to go somewhere. I know, I know it's coming. I know what I see what I'm doing and I know it's coming. So that was kind of my entire mindset. And, you know, looking back on it now, working with high school, I even tell kids like I might've been too involved. Like I probably lost out on other opportunities to build relationships on campus to be not so one dimensional in my identity. I placed all my chips in that basket and the times where it was down, my, my life went down with it. So I didn't, I, I teach kids now, you know, don't, you're, you're more than an athlete, obviously. You're more than a football player, more than a basketball player. Uh, but for me, but the ball is life stereotype was literally quite true for uh, five to, to 19 for myself. So, um, yeah, don't do the gallon of milk a day thing. If anybody's <laughs> listening, don't do it, man. My guts were messed up. It was not fun. <laughs> right. well, thank you, sir, for your valuable information. And, uh, to you guys are that outstanding, outstanding careers that after college uh, experiences. And uh, hey, I'm gonna try to get hold of that book, man. I want to get to read that book, Cap. I want to see what what is what what it's talking about. Yeah, for sure. Amazon, Amazon, blessed to announce from Walk okay. On to Team Captain. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, it's on Amazon. It's only six ninety nine. Try to make it as that's the lowest they'll let me price it. <laughs> so okay. Let's try to right. try to make it accessible. Uh, blessed to announce from walk on to team captain, but it should come up on, on Amazon. All right. Both of you guys keep up the great work. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey Cap, how many DBs was, uh, was that practice when you, when you, Oh yeah. The first, the first day of junior college practice, mind you, I'm 17. I graduated high school three months after I turned 17 and there was like 45, 42, something, something crazy. And I'm talking, Dudes are out there like 27 years old. Like, yeah, I'm from Miami. I'm like, what? <laughs> I, you know, I'm at the local community college. I'm like, there, we had a, we had 29 year olds. We had transfers from the SEC, the Pac-12. I'm 17 years old from a, a high school of about 700 students, and uh, yeah, it was crazy. Like, like you saw, I, the way I earned my spot. If you're listening, special teams. I did, I did what everybody else was too cool to do. Uh, I gave it my oh, best hold, effort. Hold, hold on, hold on. You're giving away too much. Hold on, hold on. All right, all right. Okay, all right. Yeah, we're going to draw, we we draw a comparison there. You, you, you're giving away too much. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'll reel it in. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pops, uh, uh, go ahead. I, I know you, we got to let you in here. We got to tag you in. Go ahead let the people uh, hear your question for them. Yeah, I see y'all was getting ready to get in that football, man. Hey, I wouldn't never – Hey Rick, I would have never got in then. I know, I know. <laughs> Cap, hey Cap, uh, sound a lot like uh, MJ, man, and Money. They, you know, they they were obsessed over the game, man. But um, and I'm pretty sure Drew was the same way. But uh, just a couple questions, guys. I want to thank you for the listen coming on the Listen Sun podcast. 
you guys are doing wonderful, wonderful things. We need more young men like yourselves, and we know that there will be uh, some young men because you, you're affecting lives, believe it or not. I know it personally. But two uh, quick questions. Uh, one of them, with the COVID, I have a lot of colleagues that's in the school system. Uh, one of my uh, best friends is a superintendent, and he's keeping me updated on a lot of things, plus the news. How is COVID affecting you guys' programs or organizations, or have you figured a way to work around that? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take this one and then pass it off to Kat. Uh, thank you, Mike, for, for the question. Uh, with that, looking back now, August 4th, right now, looking back, is maybe better, point blank period. COVID has made me better as a college admission counselor, as a son, as a founder of a program, as a person. It just made me so, so much better. Uh, as far as admissions, as far as my job right now, we had to go all virtual, right? So we weren't on campus from March 19th all the way up to about mid-July. With that, we, we took a step forward to take a step back. And instead of taking steps back, we did Instagram live tours. We have this girl from Texas. She couldn't fly back home because of COVID. So she was on campus, not stranded, but she was there. She couldn't leave. And she was one of our tour guides. So I said, you know what? Let's go Instagram live every day and you're going to show campus. Because every, every high school senior wants to see campus. So why not do it where they're at? So we did that for, for about a week. Uh, with that, we saw our engagement increase by like 84% in terms of students coming on and following and engaging with, with us, asking questions in the DM, things like that. So admissions-wise, that, that skyrocketed for us. And it, and it put the little battery in my back because that's yield season for us in terms of getting students to commit to the college and things like that. And it showed that, you know, don't let COVID affect the, the work that we, we could have done and see if we could flip it and try to do it a little bit more fun. So admissions-wise, we, we definitely got better in that sense. BU State True-wise, in terms of my program, my, I, the summer camp I, I, I go to every summer, right, as a counselor with Father Dervin, I was a volunteer counselor and a camper when I was younger. He sent out a letter to each person that was involved in the program. Basically, to, to just sum it up real short, he said it would be a bigger risk if we did it and we'll get a lot of steps back if, if we did it type of thing. You know what? We can't risk a kid getting sick week two of camp and then canceling it. Like, let's not be selfish type of thing. And I was like, that was a really good letter. Like, really good. I'm going to take that. So I took it and I shaped it into my own in my BU Stay True camp. I said, you know what? It will be very selfish if I was to cram 50 kids into a small gym in the Bronx on a hot day. It would be very selfish of me just to have that little, yep. We did it for six years straight, right? Instead of, let's see how we can pivot and change this. So with this Zoom thing, I haven't heard of Zoom before March. I swear, I have not heard of Zoom. But the Zoom thing is phenomenal. You can host up to 500 people on this. You can interact with people from anywhere without the like ebbs and flows. So I was like, you know what? I went to a leadership conference for the junior MBA on May 19th, I believe. And it was a three-hour program all on Zoom. I mean, on YouTube. And I was like, this is, this is it. This is what I'm going to do. So I got on my whiteboard. I started drawing. I, I had to plan like at 12 midnight, drawing it out, what coaches I want. And I was like, yo, we could do this. We can record the segments, 15 minute segments, 20 minutes here, 10 minutes here, chop them up, put them all together. I don't have a Mac computer. And that's like the best one for editing and stuff like that. My school does. Went to my school, 
boom, 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 put it together, put it on YouTube. That took about like six weeks, but I could do it because I was home from COVID. I didn't have to wait, not waste. I didn't have to waste eight hours at Mount St. Vincent working. I could be home, do my emails I got to do, talk to the students I need to do, but bang out BU Stay True to have a camp done. So I had to record all my coaches on Zoom. I had to I had to get them shirts. I sent them shirts out in like Illinois, Arizona, actually, Cap. We'll talk about that after. Um, and it was just cool to do it. And it was cool for me to learn and kind of put that other thing on my resume. You know what? Coach K from, from Duke, and this is my last part, he put out something with the Black Lives Matter movement, which I thought was phenomenal. He basically put out a video, and the, to sum it up for the viewers, he, he used to be a cadet, and he said there was a cadet prayer. In that cadet prayer, it summed up to a point of, help me do the harder right than the easier wrong. And he was talking in terms of Black Lives and the Black Lives Matter movement and recognizing and being accountable. And that's what drove me to do the BU State True Camp on Zoom and made me a better leader, person, editor, videographer, whatever you want to call it. Because I chose the harder right instead of the easier wrong. And I think with COVID, you can see who chose the harder right and who chose the easier wrong. And the cream is going to rise to the top. And there's only a certain certain number of people that, that that have risen to the top. So with right. me, my work life has has elevated as well as the you stay true and my personal life as well. I've, I've been going to church more, I've been having more dinners with mom in the house, talking more with people at home, interacting on social media. So in all aspects, I have gotten better. Okay. Thanks. That's great. That's Absolutely. great. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for myself, you know, I really simplified it when it first started. I thought, you know, especially not being super established, right? We're one year into this for myself with Blessed to Announce and I literally looked at myself in the mirror and I said, how can you show up every day and talk to teenagers about overcoming adversity, having vision, having discipline, if you're going to back down the second a pandemic comes or the second you meet a little bit of resistance in this process. So for me, it was simple. There was not even a hesitation. I said, it wasn't, can we keep going? Are we going to keep going? It's how do we use this as a growing opportunity how do we how do we diversify our skill sets? Like Drew said, you know, I'm not a tech savvy guy. I'm not a I'm not a, I didn't get a business degree. I got a sociology degree. Paperwork, social media, marketing, networking, speaking appearances, uh, online curriculum, finishing the workbook, all that stuff. It's learning. It's learning. But it, it's like I said, I got I was working in person at schools throughout the entire pandemic. I haven't had to work virtually at all, but I've still prioritized my time to be able to put in those extra hours and you know we got a google classroom now we got those workbooks i could print it off and mail it to a kid's house so really we don't even need the technology and and technology can even be a barrier in some aspects with with some of the kids we work with so that workbook it's really a good opportunity it's uh like i said i believe in the writing and stuff so for myself it was it was like it, it would be hypocritical to not respond with nothing less than enthusiastic you know opportunity to grow during the pandemic. Now, I'm not saying it's been easy. I'm not saying we've skyrocketed growth or anything, but we at the, we at the bare minimum, we're able to maintain our ship and look at ways to change the way we do things with an open mind and grow some different skills. So, you know, for, and, and personally, you know, just thank God, nobody in my family has caught the virus. Uh, nobody personally close to me has been deeply affected financially or health wise. So that can't go without being noticed and acknowledged, you know, I'm feeling highly blessed throughout throughout the entire pandemic. And I know there's a lot of people going through a lot of difficult times right now. And I do want to acknowledge like 
you know, it's, it's been tough for a lot of people and, and just stay strong. Like we're all going to get through this together. We need community more now than ever, but I do want to say, I feel highly blessed to just be within good health and to, to still have an income during these times and be able to do what I love to do. That's good. I, I think both of you and I, I'm glad that your, your, your faith is so strong, both of you. I really, really admire that. Uh, my second question, uh, I don't want to give, you know, my age, man, but early 20s, uh, my brother-in-law and I went to Atlanta and we seen it, we, we knew this guy and he was printing t-shirts and we were working, working full-time jobs, but it's like a light bulb went off. It's almost like Drew said, a light bulb went off. We seen the hustle that he was getting in and we were like, we can do this. We can do this. We brought the idea back to Milwaukee with his approval. He was like, I'm in Atlanta. Y'all do whatever y'all want to do in Milwaukee, you know. So uh, we sold T-shirts, man, and we grew and grew. And, 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 and it was like a, a passion for us. Now, we were early 20s. Now, just say you have someone in your camp or organization you just say you have a young man that says, or a young lady that says to, 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 to one of you or the both of you, uh, I don't, my parents are not supportive or I really don't have my parents. I'm not athletic, uh, but I, I'm fascinated about what you guys do, your organizations. What can you, advice can you give them and prep them, prepare them to go that, that that direction. I could start with this one. The good news is for any kid that feels, one, uh, any kid doubting their athletic ability or their, their self-efficacy, their self-confidence, it's, it's not something that's permanent. It's not something that can't be changed. Uh, and we're, we would be there to support them and help them throughout that process. But one of the first things we do is, I don't, I don't care if you play a college sport or not. I could not care less. I do not care if you go play a college sport. It would make me happy to see that if that makes you happy, but uh, we're going to help you be successful and, you know, find fulfillment in what or whatever it is. So if a kid were to come to me and say, I'm, I'm interested in blessed to announce project, I'm interested in nonprofit. I'm interested in cooking. I'm interested in music. I'm going to connect them with somebody else. That's going to be able to bring that vision to life. If I can't do it myself, uh, we're not a sports organization. Football is just a game to me. I love it. Changed my life forever. But uh, I think people definitely get a misconception without if they don't take the time to get to know me. Uh, football is not a huge part of my life at this point. It's a way for me to connect and build relationships with people, uh, specifically the students that I work with. But I want to work with volleyball. I want to work with softball. I want to work with baseball. I want to work with track. Uh, I'm youth development. So you know, building confidence in a kid, there's, there's many different ways to do it. It takes, it's not easy. It's not an overnight process. There's no magic pill to have a growing teenager in tough circumstances, like you mentioned, without the support at home, without, without that guidance in their corner. And that's the role that we're fulfilling. So I just see that as part of the, part of the job and, you know, takes a lot of effort, takes a lot of intentionality, takes a lot of the right uh, skills, but, working in schools, being an educator, being around kids all the time is, is something that I've grown to kind of develop in myself. So, um, you know, I don't care if you go to play college sport or not. I don't care what you're interested in. It could be sewing. 
I'm gonna help you become a great sower because the principles that we teach are universal. It's about becoming a better human being, a better community member, a better family member, a better parent, better sibling. So that that's that's on the bottom of the food chain for us helping. Unless of course that is their main priority. Then of course we're gonna help support them in that. But that would be my answer to that kind of question. We're kind of more the holistic. We'll, we'll be that support system for you. If it's not there, if it is there, great. We'll supplement it. Appreciate that, Kat. And to answer your question, uh, Mike, I, I literally just wrote this on LinkedIn um, yesterday. If, if nobody has seen it, J. Cole is interested in trying out for the NBA. Like, he's, he's going to try it. And he put up his, his post, and he had Dreamer, like, on the bottom left-hand corner, little icon. And I was – I swear, I swear, Mike, I was pouring water, and I looked, and I said, that's it. That, that, that's life right, right there, right? So I wrote on LinkedIn, and I just thought to myself, I said, we're only limited by the thoughts, choices, and decisions that we make. No one can place a limit or identity on you. Dream often and dream big. And I think with that, to answer your question, Mike, to anyone out there, dream often and dream big, right? I work with college kids, and I work with the youth as well. And what I see is there's a lot of hesitation. A lot of, I can't do that right now because I'm doing this. Oh, I can't do this right now because mom want me to do this. And it's like, after having experience now, having, after having experience, going to college, going to graduate school, playing pro ball, running an organization, all that, I understand it's important to try things. Just go do it, right? Because when you go try things and when you go do it, what do you get? You get experience. You get a lesson. Then ultimately, you're like, you know what? I didn't, I didn't like that because I already did it. I'm good. On to the next thing. I'm on to this. Oh, I'm just trying this, trying it out. Boom, boom, boom. Oh, I like this. I'm going to keep doing this. And then you find out something else to do. So with that, I think it's dreamed often, dream often and dream big. And I'm, I'm going to tie it in back into the brand. It's ultimately just be you, right? It's easier to do things and to be a part of things, be a part of organizations, be a part of podcast conversations when you're just being yourself. Because ultimately, that's going to direct you to the people that you want to be connected with. That's going to connect you with the people that you want to work with. That's going to connect you with the people that you want in your life. And if you're passionate about what you want to do, you're dreaming often, you're dreaming big, and you're being yourself, God, you're set up for success. You're set up for success. Thank you. Uh, before I uh, pass it on to uh, my son, MJ, I call him MJ. This is, he, 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 ju he just heard about this this weekend. I, this, this is directed to him and Cap. Now it was it wasn't too many guys that could catch me on the football field. So what job? What how you would have stopped me on the field? <laughs> that's a defensive back. That's, that's a defensive back question. Cap, I take, take this one, Cap. We, we would uh we we would run vice coverage on you, sir. I'll be underneath. Cap would be my safety. He'd be over the top. You would see nothing all game. Cap is that fair? <laughs> I had a different answer. Go ahead. Go ahead. Say your answer. I was going to say, I, I would have let you just sleep on me just like everybody else did. I would have just been humble. And then I would have just, let, I, I would have just do, I would have just did what I normally do and just play ball. There you go. Okay. You, won't, ca you won't catch me talking on the field. I'm quiet. I'm quiet. He would have been, been him, stay true to him. And he would have been blessed to announce his, 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 what he did to you that night on the field. There you go. <laughs> Great answers. Great answers, guys. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was surprised. Not surprised, man. I, you know, we all know we get certain stuff from, from our genetic pool and things like that. So it was good to hear um, how dynamic my father was back in the day. And I, I heard some stories about Uncle Rick as well. So. You know, it's good to hear those things sometimes, but you do got to act shocked, like, oh, for real, you know. Uh, and, and, and Drew, thank you for uh, 
for bringing the platform to say, AJ Cole, we love you on here. Yeah, if you ever want to come talk about how life changed with the two sons you got, and you're my favorite musician, you know, I, I love the marketing you're doing around the, the Dreamer shoe and the Dreamer everything. Come on, man. It's cool. But anyway, let's get back to, to the superstars we got on this show. Um, Drew and Cap. Uh, I'm glad I'm glad my dad and Uncle Rick set up these questions the way that they, they posed them because um, in the society we live in with social media and just the, the glamour of everything, even though you guys have organizations, Cap, even though you you wrote a book, Drew, even though you did a camp and you got shirts and, you know, everything, the stories that you guys talk about, you know, dishwashing, you know, uh, busting hard work uh, with, your, with your pastor and things like that, that's hard work. That sets you up for the lessons that you needed in the future. So if I'm correct, Andrew, you were a rebounder and, and, and defensive player. You, don't get me wrong, you score points too. But you Same dirty, hide. dirty player. Uh, after watching uh, Pistons 30 for 30, I think Bill and Beer and I <laughs> great friends. Yes. You took pride in getting on, working on the glass and, and defense. So much pride, bro. So, so much, much pride. pride. I know my dad, the opportunities that I had, especially in basketball, undersized, was because we talked defense in that household. We talked creating opportunities. I done heard Uncle Rick tell money and myself numerous of times, play hard and good things will happen. So it's the dirty things. You know, it's, it's doing that. You know, it's not always the glimpse and the glam. So Cap was about to say special teams. I had to reel him back in because – he knew his his way that he made it with special teams, which is not a glamorous thing to do. Nope. Everybody want to get the water stand yep. when it comes to special teams. <laughs> Nobody always want to get the rebounds and stuff like that and play defense. It's only really been idolized because you get triple doubles and double doubles and you get consecutive records off of that. So talk about uh, the importance of not trying to forego those life lessons, those hard work life lessons to try to get to the glimpse and glam, but to understand like, hey, you know, I had to make it on special teams. I had to make my name on defense rebounding. How important was that to you guys' success? It's it's who I am today. I, I did a, a college essay prep class this past Saturday, and I was talking to the young lady from North Carolina, and she was just saying, like, you know, I haven't been through anything, like, you know, monumental to write my college essay on. And I said, you know, we were talking prior, and I'm not, not going to say everything, but she's an older sister of three siblings, single-family household, I said, that's your story right there. That's the that's hard work right there. Being the oldest, having to step up, having to grow up early, probably not having a childhood. Right about that. That's your story. And to tie that in with me, you know, the rebound and the the, the layups and the picks and the screens and the pops, right? That's not the glamorous thing at all, but that's what got me on the floor. That's what got me on the floor my freshman year. That's what got me recognized. Like, all right, he's consistent. He could get a couple rebounds here and there for our star player while he gets a break. Then sophomore year, grow up a little bit more. All right, he could set the screen, hit a little mid-range pop. Consistent with that as well. Okay, junior year, now he's being a leader. He's speaking up, holding people accountable while still doing the rebounding and the, the, the mid-range pull-up. Senior year, extend to the three-point line now, making big-time shots, helping the team win, get to semifinals, games, things like that. That's that's consistency, right? And, and I think it shows a lot of grit as well when you stay somewhere for years and you deal with the highs and lows. And that's why I love sports because you can tell a lot about a person from, from their sports experience. Like just from Cap, I know Cap and I will have a great relationship just based off talking sports the entire time because I'm sure we've had similar, you know, experiences and things like that. And I think, you know, my college community, since I played there now, I work there now, more people know me because of my experience on the court. And, you know, to go against from what Cap said earlier, I was never about just being a basketball player. That was number one, don't do that, right? For me, it was important as a Hispanic minority male on a college campus, 
I didn't want to just be that kid that played hoops. I didn't. I worked in facilities. I worked in operations. I was an orientation leader. I worked in student activities. I worked in the athletics department. I made sure people knew me for more than what I did with hoops. And that's kind of where BU State True ties in, too. I want to be the kid, you know, he, he got the nonprofit. He runs that, but he still hoops. He's still a cool kid. He still goes out. He still hangs out. He still works on campus. So the working hard on the court, now that I look at it, kind of translated into life. And that's where I'm seeing all my success. And I follow, I'm, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Cap, if, Cap, if you're a wrestling fan, I'm going to be shocked. You a wrestling fan? All right. All right. That's our one difference. All right, cool. But I'm a huge wrestling fan. And there's this guy named Cody Rhodes, Mike Bond, and Uncle Rick, you might know, Dusty Rhodes. He's an older Yeah, yeah, dirty, yeah Dirty Dusty yeah. Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes, Dusty American, American Dream. <laughs> his son, is his, he started his own, wrestling prog- uh, his own wrestling program back in November. And he goes by the American Nightmare. He lives by the motto, hashtag, do the work. And I think that is very simple and very evident of, of leaders in the community, of people in sports and people doing great things in this world. They always do the work. Yeah, for myself, that, that resonates a lot. I mean, I, I think back on my life and I think anything that, that was glitz and glamour was not reality. I think a lot of people see a book, but they don't see you, you know, sitting on the floor in your apartment. They don't see that uh, when you click publish and you order it and there's a hundred sticky notes in it because you realize you made a bunch of mistakes. You know, they see a nonprofit logo. They don't see you driving an hour and a half to go talk to a high school football team. And then the coach doesn't show up when you get there. No call, no show. You know, they don't see you, you know, riding a bus to go catch public speaking engagements. They don't see the special teams. They, They don't see that stuff. And that's, you know, life is not, life is not glitz and glamour. Life is doing the work. And if you're not able to do the work, you're not going to find the things that you want to find. You're not going to feel fulfilled. Uh, the, the greatest joys in life are through doing that work and, and, you know, finding the fulfillment in the process, right? The, those 1079 days going back, it's like, that wasn't hard for me. I look back on it. I'm like, that was not hard for me. Now I had some downs and ups cause I'm a human and I got, a, I got a heart inside of me. I got a brain inside my head, but th- those were the best times of my life. Uh, you know, because, the fulfillment when I got what I wanted and, and the experiences and the skills that I developed, whether I never got a scholarship or not, I became a better person through doing the work. And so many people are scared to do the work. They're scared to do the work. Uh, like Drew said, you know, there's always, there's always going to be more reasons not to do something that's, you know, got the opportunity for growth and reward than there are going to be to do it when it's stepping out of your comfort zone and out of what you're, you're used to. So, you know, I think people can could easily look from the outside and go, you know, what's, oh man, I can't believe you wrote a book or I can't believe you're doing BU Stay True. Like, how, how do you do that with your job? And it's like, you could do it too. It's like, I pro- like, show me your schedule. Let me trim the fat off it. Let me, let me tell you how you could do it. And then that's where the conversation gets quiet because then you're starting to talk about doing that's, the work. That's where it is, right? Do the work does not mean work hard all the time. It just as we know, as af- athletes and former athletes is working as efficiently as possible, right? So I knew eight hours working, I had to throw in some BU Stay True work in there so I could work out later, have a good night's sleep, eat dinner with mom. So, like, it's just being efficient with your work and whatever you want to do. 100%. I like that. We, we, whew, boy, we wanted to get some stuff we might not be able to get to. But that just means, listen, I tell this to everybody, but I'm going to really, Uncle Rick, my dad, we're going to make sure we get y'all back for real um, because we wanted to do an activity with Cap. I wanted, well, Drew, I want you to do this real quick, a minute and a half. Let's try to get into it. Ireland, you know, how did that come about? Why Ireland? And, and what can you tell the kids about trying new things real quick? 
Yeah, no worries. So I wanted to get a master's degree as well. I, I applied to my college's master program and I had to write an essay. Why do you want to get a master's degree, right? There's no need to get a master's degree, right? Why do you want to get it? And I wrote it and I had to do, do some research and I searched how many, what's the percentage of Hispanic males that have a master's degree? 4%. 4% Hispanic males have a master's degree in the U.S. as of 2015, right? That's what I saw. So I was like, I want, I want to break that. I, I put it back to sports. I want to break that record. I want to be a part of it. I want to show the kids back home, you could do it too, type of thing. And I was looking up different master's programs. I want to continue playing ball. My coach, James Mooney, sent me a forwarded email from the Sports Changes Life program on February 23rd. February 22nd, I played my last college basketball game at SUNY Purchase up in New York. And I, I looked at it and I said, this, this is it. I applied. It was a couple interviews, phone interviews, Zoom interviews, things like that. I got in the week of my graduation and I was set on going to Ireland to play professional basketball, play collegiate basketball, as well as pursue my master's. And, you know, I looked at it like this, Mike. I did everything I could have done in the Bronx, in New York, at Mount St. Vincent. I played ball, started a nonprofit. I worked with the youth. I worked in different communities. Had great relationships. I did everything I could at Mount St. Vincent. There was no more level for me to grow. Why not go to Ireland? Why not? And it was the, the greatest experience of my life in terms of meeting new people, learning that there is a different culture and people live differently and to understand that and to be okay with that. I've taken a couple of things from there and I use it now. Like I still say cheers as a thank you and like my emails and my conversations and things like that. Um, beer is like one of my best friends now, you know, under, under correct monitor, uh, monitoration and everything like that. But one of my best experiences uh, playing overseas and being there for a year too, away from mom, growing up. I can never study abroad because of basketball season. So I took that opportunity and ran with it. And best experience of my life. Thank you so much for that, man. I know me and my dad kind of talked about it, but I let him know quick. I, I wasn't going overseas, so I'm glad, <laughs> I'm, glad, I'm glad to see somebody had the strength to do it. Cap, I actually want to give you a minute because, you know, I know where we at. You know, we got about four minutes. Introduce that no-card activity, and when we do get you guys back, we can we can all talk about the no-card activity. Yeah. Just introduce it, Cap, and tell what it, what it was and, and how impactful that was when you did it with the team. Just, you know. Yeah, quick. so – I've done this at about five or six programs now. Real quick, you know, essentially I give everybody on the team a note card, uh, give them a pen, say write down three things that you, if you write them down, they're guaranteed to happen over the course of the next year. If you write it on this note card, it's going to happen, no questions asked. The first thing I got to tell kids is you can't write go to the NFL if you're a sophomore in high school. Talking about 365 days, what do you want to happen? And, and typically, you know, I, I I'll cut to the chase. So I'll say, raise your hand if you wrote a football goal down. 100 hands go up. 60 hands go up. Whatever. How many other kids are in the room? All their hands go up. Uh, write, uh, raise your hand if you wrote down an academic goal. Everybody's hands go up. You know, raise your hand if you wrote down a financial goal, a leadership goal, something related to, you know, becoming a captain or getting a better job or something like that. Not everybody, but about 80% of the hands go up you know, pause for a second. And then I say, you know, raise your hand. If you wrote down, I don't want to lose any loved ones in the next year. And without fail, every time I do the activity, there might, there might be two or three kids that wrote that on their note card. And I say, look around. I say, you know, you, you want to be an all state football player. You want to get a 4.0 GPA. You want to become a captain. You control that, you know, you control that. And, and so many times people focus on, you know, 
that's doing the work right there. It wouldn't feel great to, to if, if, if I told you tomorrow you're going to win a state championship, you're not going to go to practice. You're not going to want to play in the games. That's not cool. But you can't control your family's health. You can't control strategy. So, you know, it puts things into perspective, that, that activity, because people are always thinking about the wrong things. And it's never related to anybody else. It's never lift my brother up. It's never change my campus. It's always three things directly, me, me, me. And it's always things that you control. So if, if anybody, any of you got a program, you can run it with coworkers. You can run that in school. You can run that in a business place. You can run that at a, a youth development program. Um, yeah. Hey, we're going to be doing it. I'm pretty sure at BU Stay True now. I know we already doing it at Blessed to Announce, and we're going to be doing it on the Listen Sun podcast when we get you back. So um, I know you already gave away the secret, so we all should pass. But, um, you know, that's a good activity, man, for you young, young, young youngsters out there. Just, you know, people together. If you could do it. Drew can do it right now with his mom and his grandma, you know, people. And, you know, we can all can do that with our loved ones, man. We can, we can grow from each other. So if you watch this about 45, 50 minutes and you did not take away anything from these awesome dudes who I've got to network with, partner with, call family now, uh, you missed out. You know, my boy, my boy, what's up, baby? That's money, money here, baby. Y'all thought money wasn't a part of the Listen Son family, he's still here. You know what I'm saying? Money, money, uh, a, a dude that's just so, so loving, man, he got to take care of something. But Drew and Cap, they go money. Um, we want to end the show. I don't know, Drew, can, uh, Cap, can you get two minutes to do it and then we let Drew go? Yeah, two minutes. I got two minutes. Yep, so the listen sign is, you know, you know how we do here. We, we wrap up. Been watching like this go, go ahead, uh, Cap, you wrap it up. With your listen sign, just to say listen son to, you know, sons out there and to your sons and your program, and then we're going to let Drew go. Yeah, my listen son, I'll, I'll just piggyback off what I was just talking about, you know, f- figure out what's important to you in life and, and really evaluate why it's important to you and figure out, you know, if you were gone tomorrow, what others would think of your intentions, your, your aspirations, your goals. And, you know, it's easy to get caught up in the wrong things. It's easy to chase money. It's easy to chase success. But at the end of the day, we can't take any of those things with us. So focus on how you can impact your community, your family, those people around you and create a legacy for yourself. Thanks, Scott. I think my listen, son, uh, motivational piece is try to inspire as many people as you can. Right. People are always watching type of thing. I know Kobe Bryant had a great quote. I, I don't know it directly, but I put it in my email signature uh, right after his death this past year. He was such a big motivation. I got his book right here and I've been reading that for the past couple of weeks. It's just try to inspire as many people as you can. There's so many people out there that want to be motivated, that want to be inspired, that are watching you right now through your journey. Document as much as you can, pictures, videos, podcasts, um, anything like that, blogs, so that they can read and get that free information and feel relatable to that person, right? Like if I'm reading, if I'm reading LeBron James's blog, I'm not going to feel as relatable, relatable to that because he is one of the best people on this planet in terms of sports and everything like that. But if I'm reading Mike Bonds or if I'm listening, Mike Bonds listening to some podcasts, I'm starting to get, you know, a little bit more knowledge from someone who had a father in his life or has an uncle in his life that has homies back home and things like that. So it's more relatable to me. So continue to do the work, continue to be, be you and continue to inspire as many people as you can. I hope you're doing-
Thanks once again, my fraternity and sorority of listeners of Listen Son Podcast. Please, women and men, please like, subscribe, and share. Continue to support our goals to connect untold special real-life stories.